0: Welcome back to a very special edition of Wrestling with the Future. Tonight, a tribute, a salute to Black History Month, wrestling style. And to join me in this conversation, Amelia, living la vida loca, Chapman. How are you, kiddo? Good, how are you? I'm wonderful. Two nights in a row you got me. Absolutely. Scary thought, ain't it? (laughs) Not that bad. (laughs) And I got my friend... Nikita Brezhnev, Nikki. I haven't seen you, my friend, in a little while. It's yes. been a while since we've seen each other, and uh, and I could think of no other person I want on the show tonight to talk Black history in wrestling, and then to talk wrestling in general than the yes. author of this fabulous little book called when it was real. And, uh, and by God, it was to, to Nikki and I, we are around the same age-ish and we're not telling anybody who, what, what that age is. So shut up. <laughs>
1: five. Be Jack
0: Benny, thirty-nine. Exactly right. This is the cover of the book when it was real. And, uh, and Nikita Brezhnev is a, a frequent guest on the show. It's been a long time since I've seen Nikki, but i tell you what, man, I'm glad to have you back. Um, Let's talk about what's, uh, what's been going on since I've seen the last. First of all, I apologize in front of you and the world. Um, I have been neglectful in my duties. Um, I got Facebook hacked and I lost. Mm-hmm. A, yeah, I did. I sure did. I got mm-hmm. Facebook hacked and I lost a lot of people on my list.
2: Mm-hmm. And,
0: and honestly, it was, took me an act of Congress to like literally Mm-hmm. Try to find where I downloaded my backup, my Facebook backup. Oh yeah. But it took me months, mm-hmm. probably three months, to get everybody back. So I apologize for not reaching out sooner.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, but I'm glad that you were uh, that you took me back.
1: Oh well, yeah. I I can't even imagine. I wouldn't know where to begin if it happened, and it probably will at some point, but.
0: Sure. Mm-hmm. Well, if you've That's... not been Facebook hacked, brother, you are blessed, lucky, beyond oh, wow. reproach. And trust me. Oh, yeah. A, a so, little, but not bad. Nikki, let's talk a little bit about, uh, and we've talked about your book before. You know, we've had authors on the show before. Scott Teal, of course, uh, John Cosper. Mm-hmm. We've had, you know, Princess Victoria, you know, Judy oh. Martin, all these wonderful personalities, great authors, writers. You're a guy who, by profession, isn't a writer really. Okay, it's not really Ooh. not what you do. But you were able to do something in when it was real that connected with people, wrestling fans in particular. Mm-hmm. I think what you did uh, in your approach to this book is you, you spoke like a guy we can relate to, a, a fan. Yes. Because okay. as you told me before... Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm always going to be a fan, yeah, yeah, uh-huh. and so, um, it, it's a simple read, it's an easy read. That's the most important thing. This book is uh-huh. loaded, and I mean, when I tell you folks, uh-huh. it is loaded with information you won't read anywhere else, you won't find anywhere else. Uh-huh. Nikita Brezhnikov is like he is the proverbial fly on the wall.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: who has all the juicy gossip and all the best stories mm-hmm. right here. I'm not going to tell you, but there's something about Captain Lou Albano <laughs> that you'd be surprised to find out uh-huh. if, unless you read the book. Now, uh-huh. I'll tell you that my co-host, Amelia Living La Vita Loca Chapman, she read some snippets of your book. She, learned, she actually read a little bit today. Mm-hmm. and uh and she's got some questions for you so before you know everybody gets to hear my mouth for the <laughs> umpteenth time amelia i'm gonna throw it to you and go ahead and mm-hmm. talk to nikki and then we'll talk Thanks. about black history well first of all it's a pleasure to meet you thank you same here uh,
2: thank you and uh, i just the way i was reading your book it's like i could actually imagine myself being there like you know walking and and then the the funny part is the um one part that I read is uh, you putting your hands in the fa- underneath the faucet <laughs> with Captain Little Lobano, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then sneezing. I'm not gonna give it away the rest of it, but and then of course him looking around and he couldn't say anything because it was children around. And that look that he gave. <laughs> I'm not gonna give the rest of it away, but that was funny. The prankster, <laughs> well,
0: and that was then the this.
2: Fight. That that was the funny part of it. I'm not going to give away a lot of it, but Mrs. Uh, Krager and uh, the Salt Ritual in one of the the episodes. And that was a funny part. And then, of course, Andre the Giants mentioned in the book, which I really love about that. And and the fans could actually go up to the wrestlers at that time. And I remember that part. And everything wasn't uh, choreographed wrestling was wrestling back then i remember because i used to be able to go to the wrestlers hi how are you it's nice to see you it's nice to meet you can i please have your autograph can i hug you can I have a take a picture with this little polaroid camera now you can't even go up to them at all everything's all well you know what's
0: yeah. funny amelia i'm going to interrupt you for just a second i hardly ever do that um sure and Nikki knows better. <laughs> Nikki knows I always interrupt. Yes, I
2: said sure. Nikita,
0: last night <laughs> on on the show last night we actually had baby doll here. Nicola oh, yes. Roberts. I saw your ads. Yeah, great. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, Nicola was here last night. She was wonderful. She, mm-hmm. she's coming back in two weeks. Mm-hmm. We had so many questions and we had such a, an amazing conversation. Yes. That you know, my sponsors only allow me an hour her episode, so uh-huh. she's going to come back. Um, but we were talking about that. What Amelia brought up prompted something from last night. There was a time uh-huh. that the, the wrestling industry, wrestlers in particular, were uh-huh. they were untouchable. Yes. You couldn't get near, If God forbid, if you tried to get near Bruno or, uh-huh. you know, or one of the, you know, one of the, the, the bigger names like Superstar or right. someone like that. You know, security would be escorting you out the building. Now, it's, it, things have come in, in a crazy you know, been there, done that, and been there again pattern. And mm-hmm. What I mean by that is this. We've gotten to the fan conventions where now you can get mm-hmm. close to people. But yet, if you go to a match and try to do that, it's like the old days. They escort uh-huh. you out the building. Uh-huh. Unless you're willing to pay for somebody, you know, a hundred bucks to sign an autograph or a book cover. And then they'll put their arms around you. They're your buddy. Uh-huh. They'll you know, pose with you. Then, you know, the whole, uh-huh. the whole nine yards. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Now, this is a good tie-in both for the Black History Month and what you mm-hmm. talked about the book, because this story is in the book. Mm-hmm. And if you, quickly, if you look back at some of the old tapings at Hamburg and Allentown, you see kids around the ring. The guys are signing oh. autographs. And yeah. then I'm right mm-hmm. back to you, no problem. So mm-hmm. one particular night, Spiro on July 22, 1978, he's wrestling Putzki. And Baltimore was a Putzki town. So, and I swear to God in heaven, I watched this. This was no blade job. Arion had him in a headlock or, and he took out this object and he stabs Putsky in the head. And then the blood's pouring. Putsky goes over the top rope. He's counting out. A riot started. An, an oh, wow. old man picked up a chair to start. And security did a good job. They were intercepting this one, intercepting that. But then one guy got in and he hit Arion behind, from behind and Arion turned around and started cussing. He went at the guy. The guy hits the floor and Arion starts stomping him. Blood coming out of his mouth, his nose, his ears. That's like, you dumb bastard, he got you. But then the riot almost occurred. Yeah. Bobo, Bobo Brazil came out with Tony Correa. They were going to be the next match against the Lumberjack. And right away, Bobo was like parting of the Red Sea. people's calm down. They were happy because he was a fan favorite. Yeah. Peace, mm-hmm. but it was a near full blown riot, and it was ugly.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But see, oh. that's that was part of you could get close to the people, yeah. to the guys you mm-hmm. like you know you could shake hands and talk, but when yeah. it mm-hmm. started to act up, like I, I make many references in the book, people got mm-hmm. hit hard because they were stupid. Yeah. Up against mm-hmm. you're a mirror. Well,
0: and, and, and that. Mm-hmm. That, that's you know further proof that what you and I know to be true, that it was far more shoot than people mm-hmm. realize, Nikki. Right. Far oh, more oh, shoot. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. The book is called uh-huh. When It Was Real mm-hmm. for a reason. Not only was it real to us, but as our friend Davey O'Hannon says, and Davey said it many times on the show, the fans believed it was real because we believed it was real. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and, and and Spiros Arion, you know, he's a guy who lived the gimmick. He yeah. was a heel, but, and he, but he was a heel in real life, too. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I'm on my Facebook page, and Amelia, please hit me mm-hmm. up, Facebook friend, because every day I post something. Absolutely. It's got, nothing,
2: it's me got too. nothing to
1: do with the book because I don't have any pictures in there except Mm-hmm. Well, a little gallery and mostly clips of the advertisements. But what I, mm-hmm. I remember on a daily basis the, the glory years, 1970 to 83, pre Hulk Hogan. And we were mm-hmm. talking about Ariana against Bruno, the anniversary mm-hmm. at Madison mm-hmm. Square after the big turn on Chief and Bruno. And mm-hmm. Evan Ginsburg, good friend, his father was a cab driver. The cabbies, the Italian. Mm-hmm. And the Greeks they all parked, mm-hmm. they were pile the into Madison Square Garden February 17th, mm-hmm. 1975. They wanted to see this match. We were afraid Arion could beat Bruno, mm-hmm. like somebody else brought up. We knew Bruno was gonna murder Zabisco. That everybody piled in to see the annihilation, but with Arian, it was mm-hmm. like shit, he could
2: beat Bruno.
1: <laughs> you know, this is like we don't know what's gonna happen here.
2: Yeah,
0: right.
2: Yeah, no scripted anything. Was, so,
0: yeah, back then, yeah, it was nice. It really was remarkable when uh-huh. you think that. Uh-huh. You know, first of all, New York cabbies, it's important that Nikki said New York cabbies. Yeah. Because they are a grizzled bunch of guys, okay? Uh-huh. They're uh-huh. they're hard-nosed, they're hard-ass, they're, they're, they're just a hard group of guys, okay? If uh-huh. you can convince a cabbie uh-huh. that what they're seeing is real, You've Mm -hmm. done a job. Trust me, you've done your job well. (laughs) Right?
1: They're they're cops without guns back then because they Mm -hmm. they were getting held up. I mean, that Mm -hmm. was one of the worst professions, in my opinion. Because oh my god, Mm -hmm. you got somebody Mm -hmm. behind you, and if he's gonna do Mm -hmm. you, you the guns to your head, you're done. There's nothing you can do. Oh, definitely. It it was
0: it was tough way to go. mm -hmm. It really was. I'll tell you what, I I miss. You and I have uh, have talked about, you know, what we miss in wrestling. I want to talk to you about something because there are two. I was trying to I was going over this today trying to figure out. When the second golden age of wrestling might have been, and I think I figured it out. I think it's there's it's clearly beyond dispute that the first golden age of wrestling was. Uh, 1948 to 1960-ish, all right, 61, mm-hmm. 62. Mm-hmm. Uh, that ushered in the Bruno era, 63, around there, 63. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. The second golden age, I had to think about this, and it, it probably would, in my estimation, Nick, and maybe if you agree with me or not, uh, sure. I'd like to hear your opinion. Um, sure. I think the second golden age of pro wrestling in my lifetime, would probably be 1970 to around 1981 82, just prior mm-hmm. to the ushering in of the Hulk Hogan era. Mm-hmm. Would I be wrong in, in assuming that, Nikki?
1: I'm not just saying this to kiss up to you. I agree. Uh, let's clarify them: '83, after Backlund dropped the belt to the Sheik, and then she gave it to. Mm-hmm. But 1970, because of the great Nikolai Volkov as one of the Mongols, and Mm -hmm. this been brought up so many times by so many people, Bruno Mm -hmm. and Ivan Koloff were only drawing half a house prior to the Mongols' arrival. When that team came, and I was a kid in my teens at the time, and we looked, it's like, how in the hell is Chief and Bruno going to beat that guy? Guido <laughs> Mongol was good, normal size, but Nikolai, who we only knew was Beppo Mongol, and was only oh, yeah. 19 years old at the time, yeah, about six three and three forty five of muscle, and it's like
0: yeah, legit, a legit yeah. three forty five.
1: So they come with the pigtail from Mongolia. They got the man. animal first, which were real; they were legitimate. And yeah, that was it. The doors blew off the hinges, man. People yeah. were packing the arenas, and it never <laughs> stopped. At, at you know, like Arion and Bruno, I say 75 solidified the Worldwide Wrestling Federation as the number one. That was it. The best promotion anywhere in the world. Yeah. They kept on going from that point on, and it got better. Superstar. He, he certainly, yeah. it
2: was great. Well, you gotta one. remember
0: Nikki at that time, nobody ever saw any, anything uh-huh. like the Mongols. No. Uh-uh. Absolutely. Was, not. You know, they were like, you know, they scared people, okay? They I mean, did. They yes. scared people like the, like the first time I ever saw Abdul and the Butcher. He scared the shit out of me. <laughs> yes,
2: you know? I remember. You know? oh,
0: and yeah. and I I know Abby now, and he's a sweet mm-hmm. guy. <laughs> mm-hmm. But not when I was 12 years old, he was a sweet guy. No. Well,
1: I had George the Animal steal chase us, not me, but us. He <laughs> was in your direction, and we we climb over top of each other to get out of the way. Because he was crazy, man. you know, and he did a great job. Yeah. yeah, he would just stay in character for him. Most of the show wasn't the match because you know what the hell was going to happen, but we loved it. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. afterwards he would really perform.
0: Yeah, the one guy, and I think it's it's beyond dispute. Um, I don't care what generation you're talking about. The one guy, even now, I think who will go down in history as probably the most bizarre, the scariest, the most unpredictable guy you'll ever see wrestle was the original Sheik, Eddie Farhat.
1: Oh, no argument. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah.
1: He delivered.
0: Yeah. Now, Amelia, she's too young to know who who Eddie Farhat was. Tell tell Amelia a little bit about Sheik, the original Sheik.
1: Well, see, Amelia, the problem is, Castro Hussein Viziri who we knew was the Iron Sheik first he was mm-hmm. the great Hussein in 1979 mm-hmm. when he took this persona the Iron Sheik it causes a lot of confusion because mm-hmm. the Sheik was Eddie Farhat and he mm-hmm. was he would be able to do this thing where he could throw fire and yeah, I mean, this was great but he mm-hmm. would carve you up with a pencil okay great. yes
0: he would too
1: and I mean you got carved up chief would go to detroit and i think the all-time record bobo brazil and here we go black history month this is a perfect segue i think bobo brazil and the original chic hold the record for two Mm -hmm. people that have wrestled the most everywhere and anywhere yeah to be the record holders for that category
0: we have a little trivia about bobo brazil bobo brazil was the first black millionaire wrestler oh wow Wow. that yep that's I fact know found that out today yeah we did that. we're gonna we're gonna do something nikki that we, we actually did this last night with Nicola Roberts baby doll i'm gonna do this tonight with uh, nikita Brezhnikov because you're the uh-huh. guy of all the people you're the guy who would really appreciate this now take a look at this take a look at this we're gonna we're taking a look at a slideshow i put together some yeah. of the greatest black wrestlers of all time. Right. Arguably, you know, the first two guys, Booker T and, uh, and this fella named The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, yeah. would, would probably be, in, in my opinion, two guys who really changed the face of wrestling. Because Booker T with his brother, Stevie Ray, Harlem Heat, um, created... A buzz, not simply because of their wrestling, but there were two black guys who came out with a white woman as their manager. Uh That was, you know, back in the day, that was a big deal. Big deal back then. Um,
1: But what I would argue would be that the predecessors that had to go through the racism that did exist at that time, As they traveled and they tried to get the hotels, go to restaurants. Mm -hmm. They had to endure hell on earth, but they Mm -hmm. stuck it out because they loved what they did. And thank God that they did. Uh, They laid the groundwork for the the generations that would come after them, but we loved them. And we didn't know what was going on behind the scenes, but now when we talk about when it was real, I have, back here it's bobo brazil opened the baltimore civic center april 6 1963 with buddy rogers now for yes. you to get that billing it's like wow you gotta be a top draw i'm gonna open my building oh my man tony atlas one of my all-time mm-hmm. people. yeah and
0: he still oh, looks God, yeah. like
1: that he i don't know how old he is i'm not going to say but he still looks like
0: that he is 75 years old wow incredible. He sure is, and he still looks... Look, the, the man has... He's 75 and he's got 26 inch biceps, okay? That's crazy stuff. Crazy yes. stuff. But... Uh, now, the yeah, Rock,
1: he, his grandfather, the great High Chief Peter Maivia, I love yeah. that man. Without a doubt. he was great.
0: I Probably the, the most unpredictable... African-American wrestler was uh, Abdul the Butcher. Let's mm-hmm. talk, hey, we'll talk about black history, Nikki. Here's black history. Who do you remember about Bearcat Wright?
1: I've heard stories about Bearcat Wright, Sailor Art Thomas, okay, Earl Mayer. Yeah. These were people, they were like supermen. Well, Mark Henry, I was at mm-hmm. Caulfield Alley when he got his uh, the Lifetime Achievement Award. Right. And... Yeah. Uh, you call him Viscera. We know him as Mabel. Okay. Right. Uh, Butch Reed, the natural. There's another yeah. one. I'm going uh, uh, to. A gonna small vote. name I bet you is going to shock you.
0: Yeah. A, a small bit about Butch Reed. We talked about him last night. We booked him for the podcast and he died a week later. Oh, no. So we never got. I, I spoke to him. When I was telling Nicola Roberts last night. I spoke to Butch on the phone. We were going to get him booked and everything, and then he passed away. Yeah, hey, that was you, that you was a dog up there? What's what's that, Nikki? You got junkyard dog? Oh, junkyard dog. Yes, hold on. Let, let me go back here. Hold
1: there was there, there was Bobo Houston Harris. Yes,
0: this Yeah, I, I believe the dog. Well, actually, yeah, I got a funny story about the dog. My my late father. My father. I lost my father, Nikki. Yeah. Uh, He passed away on January 21st.
1: God rest his soul. Thank
0: you. And uh, there's Bobo. My father's drinking buddy was Junkyard Dog.
1: Really? That's great. Yeah,
0: They were great friends. And uh, it's funny. My father would drink out of a small beer mug. And then the dog would have the whole picture in front of him. (laughs) The big cat. (laughs) One of my favorite heels. Now, let's talk about him for a minute. Let's go back let's, just for half a second. Let's go back to um, to, to um, Ernie the Cat Lad. Here Number he is. 99. Yeah. Let's talk. Here's a guy who came from football. And a lot of guys back in the day, we noticed from Wahoo McDaniel that he actually wrestled in the offseason of football. In mm-hmm. fact, he, he enjoyed it so much, uh, not only because of the work, but because of the money. He made more money as Ernie the Cat Lad. They made more money wrestling in the offseason than yep. they did playing football for the full season. Yes. That's crazy when you think about a wrestler making mm-hmm. more money than a football player. Now, the back leg- in the day.
1: to legitimize Ernie Lad, Anybody that watches pro football, when the Kansas City Chiefs beat the Minnesota Vikings in 1968 Super Bowl, the NFL films, the very last shot where the players hold Hank Stram, the head coach, up on their shoulders prominently, you see the big cat right there with him. And it's like, yeah. wow, that's great. There's our Ernie Ladd. That's perfect. That gives a legitimacy to, to wrestling. the It's like, there he is, Ernie Ladd.
0: Velo Brown.
1: Elo Brown,
0: mm-hmm. Sailor Art Thomas,
1: Chief loved Sailor Art Thomas. Strongbow loved him. He got along great with him.
0: Here's the guy you don't yeah. hear, but he's still around. By the way, oh, he yeah. is 86 years old. Wow. Sweet wow. Daddy Seeky. Mm-hmm. and you'll—I think you'll appreciate this, Nikki. Sweet Daddy Seeky is a professional karaoke singer these days. Really. Good. You can't That's make crazy. this shit up. No, no. <laughs> you, can't but you gotta make, make this money stuff up. to pay
1: the bills. So I'm glad to hear it. Really? There's the dog, and he played <laughs> for the Packers. Sylvester Ritter.
0: There yeah, he let's, is. Junked let's talk dog. about. I want to talk about the dog for a couple minutes because he's another guy, Nikki, that was a trailblazer in a lot of ways. Um, he broke ground. In wrestling, at a time when black guys weren't drawing crowds and headlining bills. Right. The dog working for Bill Watts at the time mm-hmm. was headlining the Superdome. Yes. People don't understand that, Nikki. I
1: have a wonderful story for you about that, too. And, and it segues into a couple of things. Nikolai was going to work with junkyard dog down in louisiana for bill watts now this was before the russia national anthem gimmick started in wwe right. WWF. so they were bringing the tape and they would play it so jake the snake's father grizzly smith was the shit. booker he said oh shit i forgot the tape so, Bill Watts said, I'm going to give you a big fine. How the hell are you killing the gimmick tonight? Nikolai's going out there with junkyard dogs. So, Nikolai said, No, no, don't give him no fine. I can sing it. He said, No,
2: okay.
1: shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let okay. me do th-. it. So, they go out. So, the announcer says, Ladies and gentlemen, I have bad news. The tape from Nikolai Volkov's Soviet national anthem is lost. And, like, yeah, everybody's happy. He said, However, Nikolai Volkov is going to sing it. And, Nikolai said it first got quiet then he starts singing he said first time in my life I was scared I thought they was going to tear the building down they're stomping, they're booing they're throwing they're like, Stop that shit. and then of course they brought Junkyard Dog out to save the day but Nikolai said that's where me singing actually began
0: Aww. oh man that's crazy <laughs> that's crazy here he is Sylvester crazy. Ritter he the was lucky dog.
1: for the cartoons, and God bless him. They, you know, you make the money however you can make it. Good, right place at the right time.
0: Yeah, yeah. The
1: king too. Or he called Ernie Ladd the king and Daddy Lad. I always love that.
0: Yeah, let's talk about the importance of Ooh, putting um, a title on. Uh, here we go on Ron Simmons. Um, it's interesting. That uh, And people don't understand this. Ron Simmons was legitimately uh, the first recognized black world champion in wrestling history. And a lot of people don't understand that. Like, well, what about Rocky Johnson and Tony Atlas? Well, they were uh-huh. recognized. Okay. True. Absolutely. But they were a tag team. And a very short-lived tag team. Uh-huh. But Ron Simmons was legitimately a, uh, a world champion interestingly enough, he became world champion and didn't know he was going to be champion. Well, that's a little bit disputable,
1: because, unless you looked at Bobo's United States heavyweight championship, which he carried forever in the seventies, the sixties. Oh and yeah, 70s.
0: absolutely. Absolutely. But we're, 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 not talking about the U S championship. We're actually okay. talking about the, the first recognized world champion, okay. uh, first the first recognized black world champion, I should say. Um, you know, even Theodore Long, who uh, was was Ron's manager, said, you know, for, and I think I'm going to quote him. He said, for me, it wasn't black history. It was history.
1: Good man. Okay. Yeah. Because when we um, walked through the portals of those doors, nothing mattered. Nobody's race. Nobody's uh-huh. politics. We were there. Yeah. We, we were there loving wrestling.
2: Uh-huh
1: art thomas was a yeah Sailor Art thomas
0: was a was a big guy There's yeah. sweet daddy seeky with his united states title um and wearing a very funky and colorful jacket and he's still, there he is butch reed the late hacksaw butch reed um what a nice guy really sweet guy that i spoke to on uh-huh. the phone um so we are back um yeah uh, let's let's uh, discuss this a little bit. How important in the overall uh, history of professional wrestling is the African American athlete? What strides can we point to made by the uh, the black athlete in wrestling? Well, they were essential
1: because. When you talk about and a lot of people look down at us as fans as being probably not too smart upstairs because they would say you believe that. Yeah, why not? It was believable. If you made it stupid, like today mm-hmm. it is, sorry, guys. And I God yeah. bless everybody that crawls between the rows, but today it looks stupid. Back mm-hmm. then it yeah. didn't look stupid and it was just mm-hmm. as dangerous, maybe a little mm-hmm. bit more, but you needed some representative of everybody okay mm-hmm. that's why you had pedro morales the, the hispanic population happy you needed the black athlete in there okay because that brought legitimacy now i'm gonna go w- reach way back there was a guy named woody strode who you may know as an actor yeah okay? and especially exactly who that, you're talking about <laughs> the man who shut liberty valance he he played that. <laughs> he was pompey he was uh John Wayne's character, whose name uh, he was his his sidekick, he was in that. He had an extensive career in Hollywood. He was in Batman. He played in Marsha Queen of Diamonds episode. But Woody Strode, I I loved him as an actor, and I could tell the guy was in good shape. But it was like, wow, he was a wrestler, and this was yeah. way back, probably fifties mm-hmm. when he was wrestling California. He did a lot of his stuff out there on the west yeah. coast. Yes, there were
0: a couple of people that I kept out of that slideshow purposely to talk about. Uh, of course, uh, Tony Atlas was there, but Rocky Johnson okay. was not there, uh, wow. n- nor was uh, SD Jones. And, yeah, and These are two guys that I think deserve a place in history of their own. Uh, certainly SD Jones does, in my opinion, Because here is a guy who won very, very few, and I mean minimal matches in his career, but made his his career was making other guys look strong, look good, putting them over. The unsung hero of wrestling is the colloquial jobber, the now the enhancement guy. Talk to me, Nikki, about the importance and maybe a story or two about this guy that you and I grew up watching called Special Delivery Jones.
1: He was us because it, poor SD was always trying to – he was climbing that ladder. He was clawing. And like you say, he didn't always win. He hardly won. And That's he was that, he
2: get that close. <laughs>
1: and then, boom, he'd missed a, into the turnbuckle, down he gets pinned, and it's like – so we were always behind him. But I'll yeah. tell you a couple of good stories, truly. Tony Atlas, who we mentioned, I heard Tony Atlas say, and he told me, and he said this on camera, he said, SD Jones is stronger than me. He's the strongest man I've ever seen. This guy is incredible. Now, Chief J Strongbow, when he was an agent, went to Vince and said, I think you ought to make Tony Atlas and SD Jones tag team champions. There's your first black tag team champions. But I think... Rocky was a little bit uh, friendlier with Pat Patterson. Pat had the bigger mm-hmm. boys and Pat won out. But yeah. I think SD Jones would have been better because Rocky Johnson w- was strong as an individual. He yeah. didn't need a tag team belt. He, he could have carried just about anything else. But
0: I with- never understood that. Nicky, I, I, you, just, you just illustrated perfectly perfectly why and i never understood why tony atlas and rocky johnson ever came together and they um, were not friends according it, to tony it but... was it's like you know oil and water man uh-huh. it's like these two guys just didn't on no, on no level ever personally professionally philosophically they did not gel at all they both were big, muscular, strong athletes, lifetime yeah. athletes. Yeah. Rocky, of course, played football. He was a, a gym rat. Tony Atlas was just mm-hmm. he was a walking muscle, okay? And yeah, still yeah. is a walking muscle. But when you have two guys that are so similar and there's no diversity between them, to me, that's cause for trouble. Well, because I'm they're tell both. You. And tell me if I'm wrong. I mean, please do. Here's what I see. You got two big muscle heads vying for, you know, for the pose down spotlight. You know, it's like, you know, look at me and, you know, know, whatever the case. But come on, you know, give me SD Jones would have been the perfect guy. Let's back up.
1: Back up from 1983 for a minute. Yeah. Your uncle. Phil Zacco yeah. booked SD Jones and Tony Atlas against Saito and Fuji. Yeah. It was a hell of a match. I mean, yeah, I'm surprised boy. they didn't bring it back. That would have been the time, at least transitional. Give it to them for a month or two. We would have been very happy as fans. That would have put a lot of things over. That would have re- But for whatever reason, because uh, like I've explained to people before, yeah, they were all under the same banner. But you were able to do your own little thing to a point oh, in point, your territory, yeah. but you, you had to go along with whatever the main office said, and they didn't want Atlas and yeah. Joe as champions. So no, Fuji and Saito were going to run with it until Strongbows get it. And it was like, that would have been good. That was Here, the time.
0: Here's, here's kind of an oddball question for you, but I know that if I know anything about you, you probably have a story and you probably have an opinion. Has there ever been a racial angle or a race, racist slash racial angle that actually worked?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, the old promos, the things that were said, like when Sergeant Slaughter was wrestling a, a series in Baltimore with Rocky Johnson, I mean, he couldn't get away with the things he said then, today, they would burn the building down. <laughs> but use yeah. your brain. It brought people yeah. in and started to, start to get his ass beat. My yeah. I'm asking. You know? Yeah. And, and the, the blow off was a cage. It, so yeah. It was, I'm was asking. You, for whatever
0: reason. I, the reason I'm asking you is and I don't know if I'm if I'm imagining it, but I seem to remember maybe. And I don't know if it was Baltimore or Philadelphia. But I seem to remember a referee being accused of racism by SD. You know what I'm talking about? Dusty Feldbomber. Thank you. Dusty Feldbomber. I I thought I was cracking up, Nikki. (laughs) No,
1: no. it goes to August the 18th of 1979. SD was wrestling Joe Mascara. Bullshit match, okay? But I remember SD kept getting up. Come on, give me a faster count. And even Dick Graham, your mentor, who was doing the color. Yeah. And uh, Vince was well. a little bit late, but he showed up. And, even you know, they, they were saying, you know, yeah, Dusty Feldbomber, it seems like he's short counting SD Jones for some reason. Yeah. It, you know, it did become a, a bit of an issue. SD won the match because Mascara was like, who the hell is he? And That's true. Yeah.
0: So One SD- of the few matches that, that he's actually
1: won. <laughs> that he was in. But SD won, but it was yeah. like it did look like okay. What's the problem here? Why yeah. do we got to pull teeth to get this three count out of Dusty Feldbomber? Yeah. What a name, Feldbomber too. Well,
0: but that happened. I think it happened in Philadelphia. But yeah think, sure. Did it happen in Philly?
1: Yeah, it was at the Spectrum, without a doubt.
0: Okay. The other, and I remember. I seem to remember a story, or reading a story, hearing it, whatever the case may have been. Of a similar event happening either at the Cap Center or in Baltimore. Do you know anything about like a, a racist referee um, fast counting uh, a black competitor? I'm trying to remember. I wish the hell I remembered.
1: I, I don't because you you got to know better than to go against what the company wants. So if you're going to do something yeah. really stupid, you're going to be out the door. And it's like, why would you even bother to do that? That's going yeah. to be dumb. You know, that's really going to be dumb. Now, some of the things that, now like Bobo Brazil, when we were talking about Bobo, yeah, people do not realize that Pedro Morales, when he was champion, Bobo carried Baltimore for the summer of 73. Pedro, uh-huh. for whatever yeah. reason, just wasn't he doing. It.
2: He's He's just help it.
1: with it. Bring He's, in.
0: Author yeah. the book for the Russians.
1: Working with Freddie Blast. He's working with it's George He's drawing it. It, it, it. Super. The only time Superstar Billy Graham defended the belt against Bobo Brazil was in Baltimore, yeah. July 18, mm-hmm. 1970, and it was like, "This is great. This makes the bet And he wasn't in the territory, but they brought him in. Phil Zacco brought him yeah. in specifically for that night the wrestle superstar. And it was like, the place was packed. We were going crazy. We wanted this because Bruno failed in the rematch and we're pissed because he got beat. He got cheated in Baltimore. So it's like, okay, bring Bobo and he'll beat him. But yeah. then he falls <laughs> short. And it was like, ah, shit. Now what man, we can't live with this. This is a black cloud over Baltimore's head that soup, that Bruno got beat by superstar because he cheated. So the, yeah, Nikki.
0: Why did you mention Bobo? There was um, I'm guessing it was probably late in the 70s, maybe 78, 79. Bobo and Dominic Danucci are our, our late friend Dominic Danucci, who was on the show. Uh, by the way, Nikki, I found out that our podcast, the one that you were gracious enough to be on, uh, was the very last podcast that dominic ever did was our show
1: that brings some comfort to me it really does and it was a
0: great show anybody that
1: hasn't heard it go back and let it's archived because there's nobody like dominic that can tell a good down home story
0: oh my god all clean
1: but very good that
0: man was funny as shit (laughs) he was funny
1: (laughs) And he didn't try to be all the time, but yeah,
0: he was very entertaining. Why did why did the company, more specifically, why did Vince McMahon Sr., who by all accounts was a fairly easy guy to get along with, uh, why did he ask Bobo and Dominic to leave? Well, we know we know why with Dominic. Why did he ask Bobo to leave? It the Dominic and Bobo went up. Upstate New York and made the fortune
1: up to Buffalo. Sure, they and now see with Bobo. I don't know this any of the information behind the scenes here because he's drawing, but for whatever reason, it just stopped. They stopped mentioning the U.S. title, Bobo's gone, so it's like, Hey, I'm Bobo Brazil. I can write my ticket. It ain't like I gotta be here. This is where like New York, you want to be there, but okay, sure, use me. I'm gone. No problem. Yeah. Now, why? Who knows? It's probably got to do with M-O-N-E-Y, as always.
0: Yeah, and money. You know,
1: the promoters, it's like trying to draw blood from a vampire. Yeah. You
0: know, well, I like, would hope that, in fact, it would almost be comforting to think it was about money. I would hate to think that it had anything to do with him being black.
1: I don't think so, because they saw green before they saw black.
0: Well, know, let's talk mm-hmm. about that. That's a, an excellent segue. Let's talk mm-hmm. about uh, black earning green in the WWE under Vince McMahon Jr. It's mm-hmm. a very different game these days. You, you'd be hard pressed to really find and I hate to use this word but a standout black athlete in WWE. I I don't know any. I, I don't really know anybody at WWE.
1: I'm lost because I don't <laughs> follow any of what they do today.
2: Yeah, uh, It's so different nowadays, especially you have to have some kind of gimmick or you have to have some kind of persona now. And uh, like look at Hacksaw Jim Duggan, you have to have a two by four or you know how well, cold you have to have you know, your vitamins and stuff point. like that, you
0: know, you know, Amelia, something different. that's a real good point. Let me ask you, mm-hmm. being the, the only mm-hmm. female mm-hmm. on the panel, let me ask you when mm-hmm. you're watching wrestling these yeah. days, okay? Yeah, you don't see are you upset when you don't see um African Americans being represented or Hispanics being represented or uh, and, uh you know this diverse group of ethnicity that we all live in how does that affect you as a as a fan viewing this the product
2: well i mean i well yeah i mean i think all races should be represented as far as you know that way everybody can bring their own culture to it as far as you know black women you know there should be more of us women wrestling but as far as the women mm-hmm. today i think the women today have brought women a bad name actually because the way they're represented now, it's it's horrible because they're wearing less and showing more, if you know what I mean. And it, wrestling's it, not wrestling like it either. is now. It's horrible now, the way they're wrestling. It's like it's giving us a yeah. bad name as
0: women. It's horrible. I won't watch it. Nikki, I'll think turn the channel. What, what she just, and this is a woman saying that.
1: I was friends with Ann Casey. God rest her soul.
0: Oh, rest did. her soul. I, Annie mm-hmm. was that mm-hmm. a wonderful woman.
1: We wore Mm -hmm. a one-piece bathing suit. That's what Mm -hmm. we wore to the ring. She said, and you know, men, they were there for a a single purpose because it was like, oh, yeah, I got a women wrestling. So it was kind of like, not X-rated, but it got men.
2: But they were great athletes. They They were wonderful athletes. (laughs) Yeah,
1: You know, Mm -hmm. and then Ann had said many times, okay, what they're doing today, they're showing more skin, but they're working their tails off and Mm -hmm. they're taking bumps and it's like yeah it's hard work because look say don't please don't anybody hit me with anything but a woman's just not built like a man it hurts a lot Mm -hmm. more they don't have enough shock absorbers the muscle Mm -hmm. tissue like we do so it's harder Mm -hmm. for them when they take Mm -hmm. the blows it hurts it's terrible
2: so you
1: know and casey would say I'm glad because when I post things that I would always include, and in fact, it's coming up an anniversary in March in Baltimore, where it was like more women on the show back in 1972 than men. And that was mm-hmm. wild. It was like, yes. what's going on here? But it drove mm-hmm. me, And it made mm-hmm. good sense. Not just Mula, but like Vicki Williams, who was my heartthrob back then.
0: Oh, God, the, yeah.
1: Tony Rose, mm-hmm. Donna Cristinello. Mm-hmm. Mom, they were Just fantastic. And Joyce Grable. I love Joyce too. God, she's one of the all time greatest.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh,
1: She had a lot to say at a Cauliflower Alley presentation about women because they did recognize, uh, gee, let me think who the female was that won the award that year. Uh, I'll have to think about it. But, you know, she had a lot to say about come a long way, keep the respect for us being women portray mm-hmm. that. don't let them you know make you look like something that you're not you're an athlete
0: mm-hmm. yeah you're
1: beautiful whatever that's fine they do the same thing with the men right i mean look at tony guria for Pete's sake i mean
0: mm-hmm.
1: tony is a great athlete a great wrestler but you know matinee idol without a doubt nobody
0: can yeah you. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: was here to draw the women let's go
0: amelia uh Segwayed in a, an amazing subject matter. Um, the women. There was, uh, lest we forget, there was one woman. They, she called herself Sweet Georgia Peach back in 1951. Mm-hmm. Sweet Georgia Peach was, uh, her name was, um, oh God, I'll tell you here in just a second. I'm going to tell you right now. Sweet mm-hmm. Georgia Sorry, folks. I got to cheat for a second. (laughs) Georgia Peach. Um. Mm -hmm. Oh Lord, because I have I have her photo. I'm going to show it in just a second. Mm -hmm. That she was the first black female wrestler Mm -hmm. in history. And um. Here we go. Here we go. Her name was. Georgia Brown McCoy, and she mm-hmm. called herself Sweet Georgia Peach. She was the first African-American female wrestler ever mm-hmm. um, and was self-taught. She never, and Nikki, you know that there were no such thing as wrestling schools back in the day. Oh. You oh, learned wow. on the job, mm-hmm. but she learned how to wrestle. Check this one out, Amelia. You'll appreciate this. Mm-hmm. The woman learned how to wrestle by going to the matches and watching the guys work. Yes, that's sometimes how that's, how how that's how I, you learn. That's how you learn sometimes. Yes, this is true. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, she was actually featured uh, on the fabulous Moolah documentary, The mm-hmm. Dark Side of the Ring. Nikki, she mm-hmm. was actually featured in that that yeah. uh, that program. Uh, you remember mm-hmm. Amelia?
2: Yes, uh, I've watched pretty much every. Yeah, I've watched every episode watch on that. You watched them all.
0: That's why I know yes. that you know it.
2: <laughs> um, <laughs> I can't miss them, especially certain a couple of them.
0: <laughs> yeah, but mm-hmm. it's interesting though um, to think, mm-hmm. you know, how far we've come. Yes, but in as much Nikki as we've come so very far, mm-hmm. how much further do we have to go? And uh, is there any ground left for? black athletes in wrestling to achieve what's left.
1: Well, I'm sure there's more to be accomplished without a doubt. And again, I'm handicapped at this because I do not follow what's being done with anybody. Yeah.
2: I don't follow it anymore either. It's just, not, Just to me, it's just too commercial now. It's too rehearsed. It's just Nikki, too Does, does that
0: surprise you, Nikki, when you hear people say no. that, that they don't watch anymore? No, I don't anymore. Mm-mm. Your wonderful introduction
1: talking about my book being when it was real because we believed it. So yeah. today it's like going to the movies. You know, people see mm-hmm. it. And say, okay. What are, what are we gonna eat? You know. What are we gonna do now? Where we would talk about what happened for weeks until the next show or one-hour mm-hmm. television show that oh, was yeah. like glued. Yeah. You didn't move from the television. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. I know, right?
1: Four matches and a couple mm-hmm. interviews, and that's all you got. Mm-hmm. But you it. No.
0: I remember watching, and Nikki, you'll appreciate this being an East Coast guy. I remember watching two sports, pseudo sports, that had mm-hmm. me riveted: professional mm-hmm. wrestling and roller derby, which was wrestling <laughs> on wheels. <real>. Right? Roller, <laughs> derby. roller derby. I wrestling never on it. I watched it. <laughs> mm-hmm. all wrestling on skates <laughs> Mhm. yep that's
2: that's how i was too i was like i, I watched yeah. the old wrestling matches on youtube like back in the day when i was watching them and i watched the older ones when fritz was wrestling those i was like oh my True. gosh that was wrestling back then wow that's how it yeah. all started and then like i read a good book like yours i was reading some of the the book and I was like oh my gosh I can just imagine that happening and when I read a good book like that I said I'm gonna go get that book like I'm gonna go get your book because I could just read it I can imagine myself being there watching that happening I was like oh my god that is so funny I can just imagine him doing that at Louis Albano and then that lady doing the ritual with the salt I was like oh my god I could just see her doing that and when I read something like that I'm like that is a great book if I can Mm -hmm. see myself doing that I could It's wonderful.
1: Trigger was not a plant, like a lot of people. Uh uh-uh.
2: no, she was they just part, She was right there. Always.
1: You can verify the promoters didn't want to yes. pay the boys all the money. They ain't gonna pay oh, yeah. somebody else.
2: No, he no, There was always uh, right. Shit,
1: there's you're always <laughs> got your They ain't gonna pay a woman to go up there and aggravate no. tell you. What,
2: there was always was one person in a ring like in, a, in every arena like that, always like somebody like that. Oh, I'll tell you what,
0: amelia you have a we have a few minutes why don't you uh while you and nikki talk about his book a little bit this amazing okay. book when it was real oh i Ask know it's a fantastic questions. book you you read a bit today i know you did because mm-hmm. you yeah. told me and you related she she's funny this woman she's reading your book <laughs> and she's she's inboxing me going did you know i went, yeah i did know <laughs> read the book and <laughs> find out more so well, go ahead talk to nikki about his book
2: it's like, you know, whenever uh, there was a uh, part of George the Animal Steel when uh, he was, uh, he would always eat this uh, green stuff. Uh, it was his candy or was it mints before he went into the ring? That was his persona. And I was like, yeah. oh my gosh, yeah. every night. Oh, I was like, I cannot believe, do that every night. I was like, uh uh-uh. oh. And, and
1: then when Vince yeah. started to pick up on it and put it over, it's mm-hmm. like, okay, so he's nuts. He's got the green tongue. That's perfect. Mm-hmm. He's, he's yeah. Don't want all the time. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And the anniversary of his death actually was February 16th. I do not know yeah. if you knew that. Yes. It was so sad when I saw that and I was like, Oh no, it's like, it just happened to be in, in your book right now. It's like, it just meant to be that we have him on the show. It's like, it's all meant to be. Yeah. And then, and then I was reading all that and I was like, that is so neat to have that. And then, uh, you know, Andre the Giant was mentioned in the book. And I don't know if you knew that, but, uh, Every time that he would go to uh, the hotel room, they would have, you know, those gray uh, gray buckets that they usually put the dirty dishes in uh, at the hotel room uh, for like when they do the banquets. They would fill that up with ice as much as they could. And, you know, those 16 ounce of beers, the foreign beers, they would fill a bucket just for him. I don't know, about 20 or certain beers. And that would just be his bucket alone. And he would finish that just himself. And he would not get drunk at all.
0: Yeah, what they I would do, Amelia, was yeah, uh,
2: that would just be his own alone. What she's relating,
0: Nick, is that Andre, uh-huh. mm-hmm. when, when he went into the certain hotels, they would have a mm-hmm. hotel bus pan.
2: Yes, just for, for him with alone,
0: ice and beer for him,
2: just for him alone.
0: Yeah, like here in Tampa,
2: when he would go to the yeah. Sun Dome,
0: and well, you uh, know, Andre the Giant has, holds the world record. I don't know if you noticed, mm-hmm. Amelia. Yeah, he, mm-hmm. he, this is it's a legit world record. Yeah, a hundred and fifty-seven beers in one city. Yeah. It's actually yeah. in the in the Guinness Book <laughs> yeah. Of records. You can't make the yeah, shimmer. he
2: would not. Yeah, he would not get drunk at Crazy. all. It was so funny, and they would just he would just sit there and just drink one after one after another after another. And I was like, oh my gosh.
0: Yeah, he would just. Well, I so tell fake. you what, Nikki. Um, it's great to have you back again. I gotta have you back on. Yes, again, please. We have sir. to mm-hmm. talk about when it was real, and how can mm-hmm. we? You know, how can we garner some? Mm-hmm. Wrestling out of of this the crap I have to call it crap because that's what it is. Yes. How do we garner some wrestling of the crap that we're being spoon fed? <laughs> mm-hmm. It's just, it's, I can't watch it anymore, folks. I'm just I so can't. Sorry, I can't uh-huh. do it. And I, I
2: see, I see a book two in the making, right?
0: I'm fortunate enough that I have
1: a elaborate tape collection and discs, so I mm-hmm. just go back and watch from whatever date. Yeah, like, like yesterday, I was watching the superstar Billy Graham and his brother Crazy Luke. They were the Golden Graham. Oh,
0: Grams. my god! A couple of days right
1: ran oh. the belt at Backlund, so they were thinking, <laughs> Well, maybe we'll put them. Together. They they,
0: had a little run, they didn't get the belts, but it was yeah, good. Mm-hmm. it was Nikki, so- Do you remember when all the Grahams were together? Eddie, oh, crazy yeah, Luke and uh, and Dr. Yeah. Jerry, yes, mm-hmm. oh, yes, and then they introduced their younger brother. Billy Graham, <laughs> <laughs> superstar Billy Graham was built like a brick shed house, and mm-hmm. I say it in the book. My favorite era,
1: or my yeah. favorite time of the '70s, was when he was champion, and I think there was better heat to have Bruno chase the guy that stole the belt than have the belt. Mm-hmm. Was, well, look, they hold the attendance record at the Spectrum for three mm-hmm. matches in a row. That. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a snowy night. It was February 18th, 1970, mm-hmm. match with Bruno, just two days yeah. before Superstar. Yeah. Lost mm-hmm. And they mm-hmm. turned about 10,000 away, they estimate. And of course, yeah. everybody yeah. dying. It's like, look at the money we're losing, but the building's full. Even the nosebleed seats were filled.
0: Yeah. Like yep. Eight, yep. The yep. spectrum held 23,500 people. Yeah.
2: Yeah. The fire big, hazard.
0: Big, big. It was a large oval building. Mm-hmm. The Madison Square Garden, if you have not been, the garden is mm-hmm. almost completely circular. It's yeah. a round building. Mm-hmm. In contrast to the Spectrum, which was a, a long building because it, everything was surrounded. Uh, it, mm-hmm. Everything was built around, I should say, built uh-huh. around the hockey rink. Mm-hmm. because It was built as a hockey venue.
2: Mm-hmm. Which,
0: of course, they housed basketball, hockey, uh, arena football, concerts, of course, out the yin-yang, and, mm-hmm. uh, of course, professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. But it was a great building to watch wrestling in, particularly if you sat on the the sides rather than the opposing ends, which seemed like five miles away because it was a long building. Right. Nikki, you know the spectrum, so you know what I'm <laughs> talking about. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Right next to the vet.
0: Right. Yeah. Old Stadium,
1: yeah.
0: And they're both gone now. <laughs> <laughs> now you've got the uh, the Wachovia. No, you, I'm sorry. You've got the Wells Fargo Center. Mm-hmm. And you've got the Lincoln Field. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I miss those days. I really do. Well, well I'll tell you her. what. Uh, Go the, ahead. The one guy that, that you have to have on your show, his mm-hmm. name is Nikita Brezhnikov. And he is... Yes. Uh, a treasure trove of stories he's mm-hmm. my friend he is uh, always always there when I when I called Nick, he never said no I try to be
2: yes.
0: <laughs> well I see so, a book two I'll in the making right what, what a, uh, was that William? i am sorry
2: I'm asking him I see a book two in the making right
0: oh what about that Nick yes I, I he's not going to tell <laughs> me about
1: 1980.
2: Uh, book two in
1: 1983, and I said, Oh, god, I, this took me to. <laughs> I'm thinking about it,
0: I'm putting pressure Maybe on him, huh? If I find, yeah, you want to make him work right, yeah, 1980, because I mean, he's gonna be back, back on the show <laughs> in
2: itself, right
0: uh huh. yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, yes, you know, I'll come back. <laughs> we, we have an action-packed hour, I'll tell you, and, and there's, there's no shortage of stories when you have Nikita Breznikov. Mm-hmm. Um Nikki, tell everybody where they can reach you, your social, where they can get to book <laughs> this terrific book, When It Was Real. i old-timer. Uh-huh. The book you get from Crowbar
1: Press, C-R-O-W-B-A-R, mm-hmm. crowbarpress.com, Scott Teal site, or... Yep. The Kindle mm-hmm. version is on Amazon. The only thing you yes. miss from the Kindle version, which to us old-timers is great, are these ads that appear all over the place. The little newspaper mm-hmm. ads that are yeah. all over. Mm-hmm. If you don't care about that, then you can get the Kindle version immediately. I think it's 10 bucks. This is like yeah. 20 You can't go to McDonald's for that anymore. So it's, yeah. like, <laughs> it's a great read. There's some... Good people that say, I keep this by my bed, because you can't get it Mm -hmm. all. It's not a day-by-day record book, but it's a narrative Mm -hmm. each year day-by-day. So there's a lot to read, and you can cover Mm -hmm. what you want there. And if you say, hey, look, 1973, it's broken down for you that way. It's easy to
0: find. Yes. Year by year, it's an amazing book. It takes Mm -hmm. you through the entire decade of the golden age of wrestling, mm-hmm. the 1970s through 80s period, that was mm-hmm. wrestling gold at its, at, at its absolute crazy best. Mm-hmm. No doubt about it. Amelia, where can people reach you if they want to hit you up on the show?
2: Uh, aachap70 at gmail.com.
0: All right. And, uh, of course, on Facebook, you can reach her at the Amelia Chapman, right?
2: Uh, Amelia Valerio Chapman
0: at- on Facebook. Okay, mm-hmm. and I can be reached at Wrestling with the Future at gmail.com on Instagram at Wrestling with the Future, on Twitter at Mad Dog That's me. I'm the Mad Boat. <laughs> they know <laughs> I'm the Mad Dog. <laughs> look like a little gremlin. <laughs> and you can reach me on Facebook at Angela DeCipio. I'm all over the place. Um, Nikki, I gotta have you back, brother. Um, yes. I will check with you. I know you work crazy schedule, but uh, and God bless your wife for putting up with me. And, uh, <laughs> and thank you so Love much for life, being bro. with us. If you guys <laughs> want to promote anything, you've got a show to promote. Uh, you want to talk about an upcoming event, uh, mm-hmm. a fundraiser? You're looking to generate a little bit of buzz. You can be a uh-huh. guest on the show by hitting me up at Wrestling with the Future. At gmail.com, uh, and it's uh, re- at wrestling with the future on uh Instagram, hit me up there. Mm-hmm. I, as I said, the uh, wrestling with the future gmail.com is also on my Facebook, so it, there's no shortage of places to find it. Mm-hmm. But on that note, for Nikita Brezhnikov, for Emilia. Uh, Bolero Chapman, I, I said it right. Wow, I actually said Yay. it right. <laughs> I still call you Living La Vida Loca. Anyway, I'm Mad Dog Discipio. Take care, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye bye. <laughs>